Welcome to the Makeshift Podcast, hosted by Chris Powell from Full Steam Designs and myself, Corey Stanley from Odyssey CNC. Uh, this is episode 10. What are you up to, Chris? Not too much, but we've got a special guest with us tonight. We've got right. Andy Berkey. What's going on, Andy? Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Not How you doing, too Andy? bad. Good to have you on. <laughs> ah, good to be here. Got trouble. We got trouble tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we always have trouble, but we probably have extra trouble now. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, what kind of stuff you been working on, Andy? Lately, anyways. Uh, you know, I've been working on what appears to be a Victorian dollhouse. Um, it is not. It's a, a piece of church furniture for... Um, we're replicating the Duomo in Florence, if you know that dome, um, mm-hmm. for a baptismal font cover, so... I have been uh, gluing on little fish scale shingles one by one for the past two days, and I have one more day, three days, and one more day to go. So, oh man, I'm about, I'm I'm ready to, to like hang out with somebody that's not me or Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That looked pretty cool. Um, so I, I uh, started school this week at, um, we got this place, I'm, I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. We got this place down here, the uh, American College of the Building Arts. And it's kind of like centered around, you know, restorations and all different stuff. Um, and we've got like a little model of a church like that, like the uh, the dome in our lobby. That, oh, cool. Like, some of the, the woodworking students had made a few years ago. It's not not uh, not that exact one, but something similar. Right, that's cool. Yeah, I don't know. I mean that 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 kind of architecture for me really just like turns my crank, you know. And yeah, it's, uh, not much. You know, it's weird to be super involved with churches when you're not real churchy. Um, <laughs> but you know, you get you get where you speak their language, and um, yeah, and then the architecture it just. I, I love the architecture. I think that's the kind of thing that even if you're not like super religious or whatever, mm-hmm. like you don't, you don't have to be to see the beauty in it. You know, you can see right. the art in it. It's just so, so much style and so much character. Yeah. I mean, it was designed for one purpose and that was to make people who couldn't even read or write, understand this concept of, you know, a, a huge deity that, mm-hmm. you know, think about it. If you're a, just a dude making a living back in the middle ages and someone wants to introduce this new concept to you. Um, yeah. You know, they decided, well, let's make them like just really freak out and, and be oh, like, yeah. you know, in awe of stuff. Well, That's then awesome. they, well. <laughs> they gave that to some designer and he said, <laughs> sure, I, I, I got that. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. I, I mean, I've always thought that those Catholic churches or those churches are really cool, but I never thought about it in that perspective of, you know, somebody who hadn't seen him before mm-hmm. going in and especially the middle ages where they, you know, probably didn't have very extravagant houses at all, you know, just walking yeah, in there right. and being amazed. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. And then, then the crazy thing is, is they did, they, they sold them on it hard enough where, you know, multi-generations in the same family worked on the same building. Um, mm-hmm. Not, together you know sequentially right. um, yeah, yeah sometimes four or five generations 
um, right. before it was done. So, yeah, that kind of reminds me. Uh, there's a church in St. Louis because I'm from Springfield, Missouri, but um, okay. my family's Irish. And uh, so our our family came you know, to St. Louis in like the mid 1800s. They pretty much came mm-hmm. straight across from Ireland, like New York or whatever, and then straight to St. Louis. Well, they all, these four families built a, this massive church there. And uh, so I went to a reunion there like a couple of years ago that all of those same families still meet up at that church and have like a big celebration. And this thing was built, you know, 150 years ago. And so it's, it's pretty Jeez. wild that, you know, they still do it's that. It's very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Incidentally, the church that I'm working on this piece for is a St. Patrick's. So <laughs> nice. It's funny. Awesome. I think if uh, anybody had looked at the two of us, Corey, they wouldn't have thought that you were like the Irish one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I that's am. true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't look like a, I don't look like a leprechaun like Chris does. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Oh, here, here it starts. Uh, <laughs> No, but uh, uh, speaking of those churches, uh, before he can retaliate, um, I know you said on um, Justin White's podcast uh, that you they're meant to overwhelm, and then I thought it was kind of cool that you said they're meant to overwhelm, but you made it perfect enough. Like, there are flaws in it that only you knew about. You know, it's kind of like any of these things we build, we see the flaws, and we think that anybody else sees them right off the bat. But like you said on his podcast, that it was a you know 29-foot piece that you made and um, no one would see any flaws from that far away. They just overwhelmed them. They didn't even pay attention. Yeah. It's probably yeah. Barely, barely held together by, you know, Elmer's glue or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 you know, you get away. I, I think people in the maker community think that, you know, there's some level of, of craft that's, you know, like, beyond comprehension and the reality of it is it's um you're right it's um it there's so much there that it i guess what i always think about is people that um make things you know like wood turners let's say and go to a craft show well every goofball and his girlfriend are going by going well i could make that you know Mm -hmm. and what I do, a lot of it, people are like, whoa, I couldn't make that. And right. they almost get critiqued harder than I do. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. yeah, I don't it certainly has got a big, my... big wow feature yeah, about it. Yeah, it definitely puts you back in your seat, usually, yeah. if you do it right, you know, or half right. <laughs> yeah. So I know you also said something about... Um... Uh, like you, you sounded the pool on that to, um, you kind of go into it thinking what's the worst that could happen so you can prepare for it. Um, what have you had any instances where just everything's gone wrong and you've just like, I mean, I'm sure you've had some that some of the things went wrong, but if you just have one off the top of your head, that was a complete disaster. And you're like, how did I get through that? Yeah, that, that piece you're talking about that 29 foot tall altar piece. Oh yeah. Um, uh, myself and my brother-in-law, who were who was working with me at the time, we worked for over two weeks on that piece uh, before we realized that, um, you know, like th- ten days ago, we we had made a mistake. Uh, 
that was irreparable. And um, mm. I, I told my brother-in-law, Squid, go get me, go get me a, the sledge. And uh, we, uh, you ever heard uh, Elon Musk, his, one of his um, phrases is, uh, uh, heck, what is it? Un, unscheduled rapid disassembly. Oh. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that literally we we just like meleeed that thing and uh, blew it up, throw it out in the yard, and um, mm. it was kind of cathartic though because you know oh, we've yeah. been the last couple of days we've been you know just trying like heck to save it, mm. and then you just get to the point where nope, you know it's just it's not going to happen, and so then yeah. you blow it up and. And then we rebuilt it in like three or four days. Oh yeah. So you know. Yeah. That it's it's crazy how that happens. Uh, you know, sometimes you're just like trying to make something work and trying to make it happen, and then when, once you just tear it down and start over, you're like, "Why didn't I do that? <laughs> Why didn't I do that earlier?" Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You get a little bit of clarity after you after you have to like just completely start over on a project. Sometimes, yeah. like you know. It's, yeah, a, it's and, a terrible feeling in the in the moment, mm-hmm. but oh yeah, you know. And just if, you, a good if you have the opportunity to just melee, that that's <laughs> for me. That's uh, so much. So much of my I work is really measured. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> if you can just <laughs> let yeah, it fly. I imagine you guys both out there like a uh, office space when they're just like going to town on that um, that printer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, awesome. my brother-in-law. He he was good at ducking. He he was very by the by the <laughs> end of his tenure with me back in the day. I was a little bit more of a, a loose cannon, and he was very oh, yeah. good at ducking behind his bench. <laughs> How, you you know, like I said, I started going to this school, and it's kind of geared around you know restorations and preservation and everything, and like we've got a decent amount of students, but this is a very small school. You know, we're, we're at capacity, I guess you would say, but you know, there's not a ton of people going into this. It seems like, and, and I, like, I don't even know where, where you would begin if, you know, if there wasn't like something like this school I'm going to here, like, or unless you knew somebody like what, what got you started going down this path? Uh, you know, I have the most, uh, like bipolar, unscheduled, unscripted career path in the world. <laughs> but um, I, w- I worked in construction um, as a Finnish carpenter in the Virgin Islands for six years. And it, it just came to a time when um, I, I kind of had to make the choice of either life it down there or come back. It was kind of one mm-hmm. of those tipping points. And I, I literally met this dude at a party down there um, who he did a lot of work, uh, at the Norfolk Naval shipyard. And, um, he said, he said, Hey, we got this, um, you know, church that they were working on. I mean, and he was like an asbestos abatement contractor or something, but long and short of it, I didn't have any other plan in the world. So I said, yeah, I'll come up there. And I got hooked up with a, uh, a contractor that, that, was working on this, uh, they called it the chapel under four flags, which was four different religions in one building, which mm-hmm. was a total freak show. 
Um, <laughs> so in, in the restoration world, uh, it's all about your um, resume, right? So to have a federally funded resume with um, federal um, federal inspectors and naval inspectors and everybody and their brother-in-law there, that unknowingly, that was like the best thing I could have on my resume. And um, that I was only there for like three months before I, I decided Norfolk was uh, no place that I wanted to hang out. Um, so, but yeah, it yeah. took us about the same amount of time, a couple of days. Maybe. Yeah. Not, not, uh, not exactly the garden of Eden, but, um, but yeah, it, it, it was kind of that foot in the door where, um, you know, then I hooked up with a consulting firm and, and, uh, and it took off from there. So, but yeah, it was just a fluke really. Yeah. I guess that's kind of a common theme. We've talked about that a few times where stuff just kind of falls into your lap and, you know, now mm-hmm. this is the path you're going down and yeah, you end up sometimes working so hard to get like where you want to go. But sometimes that thing that falls in your lap is really the better choice, you know? Right. And, yeah. Uh, take you in a direction you could never even imagine. Well, I mean, you yeah. guys will get it. The you get the ship has to be moving so you can steer it, right? You, you got to be working mm-hmm. and you got to be giving it hell. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do the right things and then they stop. And I mean, luckily, somebody asked me what's what's your what's your motivation? My motivation is rent. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> hunger hunger is a good motivation. So so oh, you yeah. keep going and. And, uh, but it, yeah. I've been super fortunate to get, you know, just to be, I, I just really lucky that, that cool stuff has fallen in my lap and then I'm, I'm not very bright. So I said, yeah, I'll give it a go. And, <laughs> and cause that church with the, the, the tall piece of furniture there, um, I literally, I had no idea what I was doing. I have. I have no idea why or how I, I uh, got that much cojones to, to give that a go, but <clears throat> I did and I survived. So. Well, I yeah. think it speaks volumes that you were able to pull it off. I mean, I, I had a hard time tackling the, the crown going around the top of my cabinets in the kitchen, <laughs> you know, and that's not a 29 foot Gothic, you know, piece of furniture. So there's a lot of work that goes into that. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, you know, that, kind of uh, geometry, you know, conceptualizing planes and how they intersect with each other. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about. It's, it's Mm -hmm. the same stuff. It's just, you know, bigger scale, but it's the same damn mindset. Yeah. I love watching some of your stories and picking up a little tip you have on there about just how you get some of those arcs to line up, or I know you had an issue with, uh, um, I guess it was when you're putting that dome on the last thing you were building. I think it was the last thing, uh, somewhere in the last couple of weeks. And you were yeah. saying it was off by like a inch and three eighths or something. And you, so you had to like take the arc and kind of move it down on your table and, and draw it up. I don't know. It was just a cool way of, oh, like yeah. I wouldn't have thought to use my table as the pinpoint and then, you know, scoot the, the piece up and redraw that arc just as a kind of a cool trip or take. Tip. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I was asked, to not come back after the second week of high school geometry. 
they put the geometry in, in the biology lab and those Bunsen burners, I mean, those things are cool. <laughs> yeah. So, but literally, I, I don't, um, I mean, thank God we live in the world of the internet now because um, that's, that's how I've learned all the geometry I know is just kind mm. of uh, in panic mode, you know, on your phone. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'd say that's how we pretty much learn too. Yeah. You know, is, without uh, the internet, we'd probably be lost. <laughs> yeah. Is that how you're yeah, doing absolutely. a lot of your like designing, like, like, uh, like pen and pencil or pencil and paper, I should say, or, uh, uh, it's, I mean, historically, yes. Um, however, it's been, yeah, I don't, I do a little bit. Um, I got, I was very fortunate to hook up with the guys at Shaper, uh, mm five or six years ago. As a matter of fact, Jimmy DeResta, we were out at um, uh, Bay Area Maker Fair and mm-hmm. Jimmy grabbed me and he said, hey, have you seen that that uh, that handheld CNC machine? And I went, no. And he says, come on, I want to show you something. And took me all the way across those fairgrounds that that used to be on this huge place that this Maker Fair was out of control. <laughs> And uh, he goes, dude, check it out. And he was, I, I got it the second that, that uh, I actually laid my eyes on it. And um, he was right. It was, it was right up what I need. So, so it's, mm-hmm. it's a very, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, with, yeah, with yeah, yeah. Shaper Origin. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Those things are pretty cool. Yeah. It's a it's cool just concept. For, yeah. It was, well, I was, I was fortunate enough to do, they sent me, they asked me if I would um, f- film myself using it uh, pre-production uh, for, I don't know, there was a lot, like 20 hours or more, I, I think. Uh, they didn't send me any kind of paperwork or anything. They just sent me the machine and said, mm-hmm. film yourself trying to figure it out, right? So basically, <laughs> they were trying to dumb down the user interface for morons mm-hmm. like me. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it, it was, it was pretty fun and, um, it was, it just has started a, a cool relationship with them. And, uh, so I've learned a lot through, through them. And if I get into big trouble, um, sometimes I can send something out and one of the guys will take it home and help me design it in fusion or, or whatever. Um, oh, that's good. but yeah, it's, it's kind of depends it, what headspace I'm in because sometimes I don't want to dork with that because I can already see it. I've already built it in my head. Do you guys do this mm. where you're almost impatient as you're building it? Cause you've already built it inside your skull. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. 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 yeah we do that a lot. So, At least I do. I'm sure. Crystal so yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I just, at that point, I just want to get something out. And uh, mm. so a lot of times I'll, I'll grab the old school uh, trammel points and beam compass, you know, and, and start mm-hmm. dorking with it until it works. And, yeah. And Corey, that's yeah. where I came up with that drop, you know, to get the more oh, of the right. belly in that, in that art. Um, mm. Cause it just didn't yeah, look right. Sense. And right. I mean, it was too damn pointy. It looked like a, you know those old uh, Russian hats that have that sort of point mm. thing on. <laughs> so it's like this oh, yeah. is wrong. 
I couldn't, I didn't know why it was wrong, but it was wrong. Yeah. Like, you know, I love the, all the digital fabrication stuff, but sometimes it does, it it feels like you, you're like boxing yourself in and kind of, I don't know, I guess maybe removing that like actual touch of what you're working on. Like mm-hmm. it just, it, it, it changes how the, the designs come out, you know, it, it changes how the end piece comes out and everything. It's a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Um, you know, that to, to me, it's, I mean, I, I figure it's, if you confuse those worlds together, that's where it's mm-hmm. really cool. You know, I was just uh, mm-hmm. reading something about how somebody was, uh, doing the same sort of blending with 3D printers, and that's not my world. But to take that, and they were then they were squishing the print out or something. I couldn't quite understand it, but but basically they were doing the same thing. Yeah. And I don't know about yeah, you, Cass. Do you think that's where this ends up eventually? I think so. A mix of of all the mediums, yeah. or at least a mix of uh, joining the CNC with traditional. I think that's kind of what me and Chris both kind of go for is, is doing a little bit of both. And it, it's cool to see that in the last, I don't know, 10 years or so that CNC has become more uh, widely accepted because even, you know, 10 years ago, even just the, the CNC routers and most wood shops, like most woodworkers would be like, no, no, you don't need that. Just do it by hand. But I think a lot of them now are seeing that they have a place and it's not for doing all of your work, but doing, you know, some of it and making making things easier on you or making little fixtures and things around the shop that you couldn't otherwise make or not easily. Yes. Yeah. So, and, go ahead. Uh, it's I mean, a big thing for me is like the time, you know, it's like because you've only got so much time. And right. so like this week I've been working on you know, between school and stuff, I've been working on my car, uh, the wooden car that I've been building. And, you know, obviously that's all done by hand. And then in, in my uh, time away from that, I've been doing a little bit of designing in fusion 360 and trying to get this other CNC machine that I'm, I'm trying to build together. So I've been like 3d printing a bunch of parts and, you know, figuring everything out. And that's kind of all happening in the background while I'm able to do other stuff, you know, yeah, I can go to school and have that, you know, kind of doing some stuff for me. So that's kind of, I think that's kind of where it's at for me. Like it just, it, other, if, if I had to make all this stuff myself, I would never get it done. Like, cause I don't have the time. Not that, not that I couldn't do it. It's just, there's only so much time, so many hours in a day, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, in my world, it's, it's about money. I mean, like, um, those eight, uh, arches that had, had to come to a perfect intersection mm-hmm. for this octagonal dome thing that I'm building. Um, a lot of, I used to spend a lot of time fairing curves. Um, mm-hmm. cause to me, you know, I can see a bobble in a curve, like, like it drives me crazy. And you see it so often or just walking around. Um, so to me, I spent a lot of time fairing a curve, you know, to make a template and then, and then crank out mm-hmm. eight things. Well, now in about 20, 25% of the time, I can crank out eight perfectly fared curves. 
that that I can work with. And yeah. that to me is just it's just time and money, you know, same thing yeah. for me. <clears throat> yeah. And some of those things like can be easier with the CNC. Like if you, if you knew those are all perfectly the same size, you could bust them all out on the CNC and stack it together. But what you're dealing with where you would have to like if each one of those um, top pieces were a different size, then you'd have to do it the way you're doing it, where you'd have to measure each one, cut each one and make it all come together. So that's where I think like the, the mix of both of them can be good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I like it. I, I like not being uh, locked into one process. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably just my own sort of ADHD or ADD or whatever ADHD or whatever the thing is, but to do something more than once um, <laughs> drives me crazy, you know, as far as oh, yeah. building something, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's where I really dig my world is I have no idea what's coming in the door next. And mm-hmm. as long as it keeps coming and it's different than the last one, it's fun. Right. Yeah, the, the repetitive stuff, I think, drives a lot of us crazy because a lot of us are just problem solvers you know we want to just have the problem and figure it out and so like sometimes with like doing the cnc stuff it's a fun project a, a, a fun problem because you're trying to figure out your setup or how you're gonna cut this thing or how it's all gonna come together and then once you've done that you're kind of like ah, well now i i could make 30 of these and, and make some money but I don't know if I want to make this again, you know, I want to move on to something else and, and solve that problem. So, yeah, it is yeah, funny how absolutely. we get like these automated machines and, and then don't use them as like, like an assembly line type thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. It does. It just, it, it, it takes all the fun out of it, you know, yeah. just having to, and having to keep doing the same thing. There's, there's a different, I mean, I think it's kind of a, there's different types of people, you know, some people are fine with doing the assembly and line work and just being able to just work. And then there's other people that want to problem, you know, solve the problems constantly. And, uh, it's, it's fun seeing that in the maker community on like, some people will have a CNC machine and you'll see them just hustling. Like they'll just mm-hmm. be making money. And I'm like, man, I wish I had that kind of like drive to just like yeah. make money and make it easily. And like, you see some of these people like Chad from, uh, Chad's custom creations over on the working oh, yeah. fans. Like, you always hear about him hustling and making things. And he's always like, I think just this week he talked about, you know, not having a weekend off and forever because he's just pushing it and trying to get all this stuff done. And on one hand, I respect that a lot and think that that's really cool. And on the other hand, I'm like, man, I, I couldn't do that. Like I, I cannot just sit there and pump these things away. Like I think he's a, a yeah. mix of it though. I think he, he has his problems he's solving and then he's able to put in the hustle. So maybe mm-hmm. somewhere in between those two is a good a good place to be. And I think also, you know, from my perspective now, next year will be my 40th year in the field. So, you know, I think there's different, um, there's different, uh, you know, like stages of your career, you know, making stuff too, where, um, you know, right now I've tried to be very um, careful about how much I abuse my body and mm-hmm. am ratcheting that down. I started that at about age 35 or so when I realized that, you know, framing houses and stuff is pretty fun. You're out in the sun getting a tan and stuff. And, 
you know, you see stuff happen quickly, but mm -hmm. man, I'll tell you what, after some of those days, it's like, man, I, I don't want to be doing yeah. this when I'm, when I'm 60. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So I've tried to be yeah. very intentional about, um, you know, making the choice that is less physically demanding if, if mm -hmm. I can. <clears throat> yeah. And I so mean, that, that kind of has entered oh. One good fall is on a roof like that, and, and you're done for a while. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I did some framing for yeah. a while, and it's it's interesting, and it's really cool to see how houses come together. And one thing I thought was really cool was how uh, how well the team works together on a job like that. When you like, if it's new construction, and they know basically everyone has a job. You know, there's the cut guy, yeah. there's the guy at the foreman, there's you know each person has a job, and then they're working together to try to just hustle and get this thing done so that you know everybody can make more money on it. And so that's cool. But then it's also like, man, I it comes back to that thing of just the repetitive work. Like, I don't think I could do that. And especially being out there in the heat and, mm. you know, lumping sheets of plywood over your shoulder to, to toss it up on, you know, to the guy on the roof. Like, it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> exactly. You know, in a weird way, I always thought it was kind of like being on, on, on ship, on a ship, you know, you kind of still mm. had that that camaraderie and, and, you know, you're, you're doing stuff and, um, there is that kind of crew mentality. That's, that's pretty fun. I do miss that working by myself, to be honest. Oh yeah. For yeah. I, I miss that too. Yeah. Cause it's nice being in your shop and not having to deal with people. Like I was a machinist on the ship. So for s most of the time it was a small shop, just a couple guys in there. So you could avoid most of the ship. <laughs> or just have your own time of just milling stuff and making things. Mm. Um, but like now that I'm in my own shop all the time, like I think I find myself more trying to communicate with more people, whether it's listening to podcasts or doing the podcast or just, uh, we, we have a group that gets on a clubhouse just to kind of BS throughout the day. And it's, you know, I kind of miss having other people to work with or, you know, cooperate with uh, the teamwork mentality. What about you, Chris? You miss any of that? You, you miss all those uh, turd chasers? Yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes. Uh, I, I don't know. I the, You know, just being able to think about stuff and work on stuff on your own, there, there's something to be said about that. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's nice just being able to get away from people sometimes. And, oh, yeah. You know, and, and just being able to work on your own ideas and whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, and honestly, I really, so since I left, you know, the, the manufacturing plant that I worked at, I've just, I've just been on my own too. And now getting into school, this is like my first time I've really had to be interacting with other people and stuff. And it's, mm. uh, it's, it's quite a, quite a culture shock oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, from that, you know, from nothing, yeah, especially to everybody especially going back to school place. when you're yeah. older. <laughs> yeah. That's a weird feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's funny these... how that, the instructors refer to everyone as, you know, well, well, you kids, you kids, you kids. And I'm like, I think I'm at least a couple of years older than you are. <laughs> but that's all right. Yeah. yeah. So let's see, I'm doing that. So the reason I had asked about, you know, what you're doing, you're designing with is, is primarily I've always used uh, like fusion or something, you know, um, I guess that's just what I grew up in, but now they want us learning all the old techniques. So I'm, I'm actually taking a drafting class, which is super oh, interesting. Cool. Like I thought I would, I thought I'd hate it, you know, and, and I'm, I'm taking a, um, 
like an architectural history class. And, and again, I just, I was like, man, this just, this isn't going to be for me or whatever. But like the first day in there, like these people are so passionate about it too. It's almost like, how could you not at, at least, at least be into them talking about it, you know, cause they, they do really, really care about this stuff. So it's all pretty interesting. I'm, I'm, it's only my first week, but I'm having a good time so far. So we'll see uh, tomorrow yeah. and Friday. Now, now we record on Wednesdays. So, you know, we used to record on Thursday, but um, <laughs> now I've got six hours of blacksmithing Thursday morning and then six hours uh, Friday afternoon. So we'll see. See how everything awesome. goes after that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds cool. cool. Yeah, that does sound cool. I've got one class that I'm taking this semester. It looks like I signed up for three but I'm on the wait list for two of them. And so I don't know if they're going to let me in or not, but the one class I'm taking is um, applied physics. So I think it'll be interesting, but it's one day a week. So it's, it's, it's on Thursdays. That's why we're mm. moving this up to Wednesday. Cause it was yeah. the only time of the week that they had, it was Thursday night for five hours. <laughs> I'm like, that's uh, a long time. Wow. It's a long class. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that up. yeah. To be doing a, to be doing like a, you know, just a, a book class or whatever like that's yeah. a lot well i think it's going to well, be a lot of hands-on stuff with the applied physics like a lot of like experiments mm -hmm. but i think it will be a fun a fun class yeah that sounds fascinating what uh so like what is your what are you looking to do after all this Corey? like what what is your goal because they asked me like like what is my goal and i was like uh, I have no idea. And she's like, well, I mean, you know, would you start like a blacksmith shop? And immediately I said like, oh no, there's no way. I'd never just want to do that. Like, right. and I was like, Ooh, maybe that wasn't the right answer. You know, maybe that's not what they want to hear, but I mean, I guess it's okay. Cause I got accepted, but like, like, do you know where you want to go with, with what you're doing or is it just, I mean, well, part right. of it is just, uh, just that self-improvement, you know, always have something just to keep pushing on. And mm -hmm. then, you know, the other part of it is did I have to use the, I don't have to use the, the GI bill, but I'd like to use, you know, what I earned. So yeah, I'm trying to finish what, what I can with it. Um, but I think it'll all help with what I'm doing in like my business and, and all of this stuff. I think that everything I learned is just another tool for the toolbox. So, you know, I think it'll all lead somewhere. So I'm just kind of just doing it. What do you, uh, I know, uh, Berkey, you said in another podcast that you're always trying to improve. So what's something you're working on next? Like what's something you hope to learn? And it could be anything. I know you did sewing for a while. Like what's, what's kind of some of the, these other things you want to learn? Uh, pizza. <laughs> no, no, really. pizza like, or like a brick oven. <laughs> yeah. My, my, uh, wife got me a, um, a, a really cool, um, oven for Neapolitan, Neapolitan style pizzas uh, over Christmas, nice. and I've just gone down the rabbit hole. <clears throat> oh, nice! You know, making a pre-ferment and making dough that that works, and um, you know, making the mozzarella and all that stuff. Uh, so that's cool. So that's cooking has always been a yeah. Try to just just because it's weird, and and you can. It's very weird to eat it, eat something that you've made everything in it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I've done some prosciutto curing, but 
not with any real good success. So I usually just buy that. But um, but no, uh, actually, um, I've got another church that I'm working on that um, needs uh, some crackhead tried to, well, they, they beat the hell out of a, this sort of bas relief panel above uh, an exterior door. He was trying to get at the copper flashing, believe it or mm. not. So he's hanging off the uh, the side of this building, uh, beating the heck out of this um, cast uh, bas relief panel, you know. And um, so I got the call, and I got down there and uh, picked up as many pieces as I could. <clears throat> but then, so long short is um, I need to sculpt. Um, this panel uh, from historic photos uh, mm. in plasticine clay. Have you guys ever worked with clay? Um, modeling clay is plasticine doesn't dry out, so you can just okay. have it in, in an open panel and mess with oh, yeah. it. Um, nice. And it also doesn't have any sulfur in it, so I can use standard um, silicone uh, molding material to make a mold of it. And then, uh, and then cast it in cold cast plastic. So um, I've done that process before. I'm I'm very comfortable doing the molding and casting, but the sculpting is a new one for me. So it's, um, Hmm. but I'm going to give it, I think it'll be fun. I just get into the, just like wood carving. If you've ever done it, wood carving over organic shapes, you just got to kind of feel the way the leaves flow, you know, and, go look at trees and stuff and go, okay, oh, yeah. I see how that's coming around, you know? So it's, I think it's going to be like that. I hope. Um, so as soon as I finish this, I got to start carving on or uh, sculpting on that panel. So right. um, do you guys know Caroline Hins of Berlin mm-hmm. prop shop? Um, she's yeah. been, she's yeah. been yeah. Pushing, pushing me hard to uh, get into sculpting. So oh, cool. I keep telling her I'm too scared, but she doesn't, she won't back (laughs) off. So I guess I got to do it. (laughs) It's it's pretty interesting thinking about it as like casting and and mold making for furniture work. Cause we've talked about it um, on doing it for like metal work. Um, But I have seen you do some of that molding and casting. And, you know, I didn't even think about it when, when you were coming on, but uh, I think that's super interesting that that's some of the work you do. Um, uh, you know, most furniture makers make something out of wood. You know, they probably mm-hmm. don't do very much molding and casting unless it's boxy. You uh, know, I, yeah, I don't. I, I never did until I got into the Gothic stuff, neo-Gothic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to me, if I've said it, I don't know that it's completely true, but I'll say it anyway. Um, if I could make a living where I live doing molding and casting, I would do it in a heartbeat just because... Mm-hmm. I enjoy it madly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like the kind of brain screw that it is. <laughs> right. That, um, that you have to deal with stuff upside down and in reverse, right? So right. you've got to really have, have yourself together when you're putting mm-hmm. it together. There's no, there's no downtime mentally. Yeah, because, I mean, for most of uh, the mediums we work with, it's like you're either doing additive or subtractive manufacturing of some of some kind and with mold making it's kind of both like you have to make the negative of whatever you're casting so it's kind of thinking about it in both ways 
Right. I mean, you need to construct the mold so that the casting, I guess that's what I like. I like that sort of thinking where you have to think through the entire process before you start the process, because like the mold needs to be constructed in such a way that it it can be demolded. Right. Especially with complex molds um, where you like, I'm doing a, a pretty simple one. I just ordered material today of a, it's going to be a two piece for a, a, that. I don't know if you remember in my stories, this brass orb that I stole off another piece in this church that I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to mold and cast it for this new piece. Um, hmm. So, so those are kind of fun because you've got to figure out how you're going to do it so that it's perfect. <clears throat> got to get hmm. the original out of there and then you have to, you know, make sure that the casting can come out without breaking. And so mm-hmm. it's fun. I just enjoy that. It's, uh, yeah, I, you know, makes it super hard. Quite a bit of, I was going to say, I bet there's quite a bit of pressure on that. Like you're taking the original one from the, from the church. And what if you destroy it? <laughs> you know, then you're, you've made things worse. <laughs> yeah, there, there is that. It's, um, yeah, some of that, I, I often carry, I don't write now, but I often carry a a million dollar special writer on my business insurance for Hmm. what's it called for it covers other people's possession, other people's Hmm. property in my possession. So Hmm. yeah, there's, there's some of that stuff that um, like a lot of times stained glass studios will call me uh, if there's been a fire or they, it, there's a sketchy uh, a window that's so degraded that it's too weak. They don't want to mess with it. So what mm. they want me to do is remove it and put it on their bench. Um, and basically, they want my insurance. So, mm. um, but yeah, that. But those are pretty fun extractions. Are fun because um, you know you got one shot and. Uh, some of those are super, super sketchy because uh, um, stained glass, you, you figure it's just a vertical panel, easy peasy, right? But um, that, that lead can, I've pushed on panels where you can, you can push the, the lead in and out, you know, two, two inches uh, because it's that, you know, just like it's just been beat by the wind and, and time. Yeah. And uh, so you got to get that from a, a semi-vertical. Then they have like bulges in them, right? Which makes them structurally super unsound. Um, so you've got to get those guys uh, from a vertical aspect to to a horizontal where you can can move it. Right. And Do you kind of like sandwich it between, you know, pieces of plywood or something like that? And then kind of secure well, that and lay that ty- down? They're typically not flat when I get if I'm called, you know, they're not flat anymore. They're all sorts of wambly. Right. Um, so, so I invented, um, a, uh, historic window stabilization membrane system. So I put a lot of packing tape on. (laughs) So you use an old old mattress. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I've, I've totally written that into contracts and stuff. We will apply a stabilization membrane to both sides of the panel. <laughs> it's packing it's the, the hobo's the hobo's mattress from in the alleyway. 
<laughs> anything that works, baby. Anything that works. So, so yeah, I've done that on super sketchy ones. I'll rip um, hardwood, uh, you know, one inch by, you know, three sixteenths strips and literally layer those into the tape. And we're talking maybe sometimes 10, 12 layers of tape, right? In different mm. directions to get some kind of structure. It's just for that 30 seconds that it takes to get it flat. Right. Um, then you just strap strap it to a piece of plywood and, and, and you know, then you got to get it down off the scaffolding. So <laughs> it's always yeah. something. Yeah. yeah but those yeah, are, sure that's a whole, <laughs> whole very stressful feeling thing. Right. Those are kind of those, yeah. those moments that kind of like uh, prepare you for anything. Like we, we had a lot of those on the ship where like you have to go get this job done and you're the only person who can do it. And if you mess it up, then you're in some real deep trouble or, you know, deep water. And uh, it's those kind of things that, you know, the first few times you do them, you're like shaking, like, oh, man, this is a lot of responsibility. And then after that, it's kind of one of those things where you just kind of prepare yourself as best you can. You just have this attitude of, well, I'll give it a shot. If it doesn't work out, then, oh, well, but it's kind of like a confidence, confidence booster those like jobs where you got to like maybe just even install something on site. You're like, man, this could go, this could go wrong a lot of ways, but I just got to do it and figure it out. But I think the, um, I mean, you guys probably get this, that I think mentally preparing what I tend to do is try to think of all the ways it goes sideways. (laughs) And to, to make those mistakes in a controlled environment in your head before, you know, you're dealing with a dynamic environment where you're really um, can, can dork it up hard. Uh, yeah. Half of those mistakes, you've already gone through the process of, of, geez, that thing just dropped because I didn't hold it here or I didn't do mm-hmm. this. So, you know, you've already, what I try to do is like screw up a lot in my head before I, mm-hmm. I have anything in my mm-hmm. hand. Right. Right. Yeah. And um, I, I think that's a good mental exercise in a lot of um, just for life, I think. Oh yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to just like overpack the tools I would need to like go down in the pit to do this job where it was like, it could be like, they call you in, in the shop up there and they're like, Hey, we got a stripped out, um, you know, uh, hex socket or hex screw or something like that. And it's like, okay, well, I could just like punch an easy out in this thing and pull it out. So you could take that one item down there, but then you, you know, you might have to go up 10 stairs, uh, 10 ladder wells to get back to your shop. So it's just like throwing everything in a tool bag that I could think of. And it's like, maybe, a maybe I'll need a Dremel tool to, to dr- you know, drill this thing out. And maybe I'll need this tap size. And it's like, well, maybe I'll need the next size tap size and that drill bit to drill it out deeper. It's just like you overpack and, you know, people used to ask me and they're like, man, why are you taking so much stuff? And I'm like, I don't want to come back. <laughs> like, I, I want to get down there and get the job done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you remember the uh, risk assessment things that we would have, Corey, where it's like, I, I remember they had some crazy acronym for it, like everything did. But, hmm. you know, it basically it looked at like everything that could go wrong, you know, and it, it, it was basically a, a handwritten version of, of what you're talking about, Verky, with, you know, just trying to trying to figure out what the what the worst possible scenario is and and or any you know even minor uh bad scenario along the way and and 
figure out how you're going to get past that. I forget what we called those, but yeah, and I, you know, we all we all hated doing them at the time, but I mean, really, it probably was a good idea. It's like when you would have to go into like a uh, um, a space to gas free it, and you would say like, okay, well, this could happen. What if you know? What if uh, you know? I fell coming down the ladder. You know that that could happen, or um, I don't what know. If Perkins, some, some what if other... Perkins shanks me when I yeah. come around this corner? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, those uh, those won't be fun to do. Yeah, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Like that, like just that practice is kind of what you put in place later. And looking back mm-hmm. on it, yeah, it definitely was kind of a good thing to do. Yeah, and then you know, for me, a lot of times. I'm packing that bag that you're talking about going up 10 ladder wells. That's, you know, sometimes I'm three hours away from my shop to do an install, Mm -hmm. man, I'll tell you what. And a lot of the tools I use aren't available at Menards or, uh, you know, Lowe's. So it's like, okay, we're, we're packing all the tools and hope that we use 10% of them. (laughs) Same exact concept though. Yeah. Do you, do you drive to most of the, the churches you work on or have you had those jobs where you've had to just like fly in and borrow somebody else's tools and get this job done? Like how far do you typically travel? Uh, you know, I'm, I like to, I'll say I'm regional. Uh, I, I usually okay. don't go. So I'm in a, in a location that's um, basically two hours from St. Louis, Indianapolis and Chicago. So I've okay. in, in about three hours I can, I've, I've got a lot of population to cover if, if I have the chance. Um, the only time I flew in was actually to build a wedding altar in LA. And uh, I had three, three days to build it and uh, make it uh, disposable, but yet make it pretty enough for a wedding. So that one was a huge trick because I did borrow tools and built it in a guy's front yard dismantled it, moved it to a, uh, like a public, um, park type thing and put it back together and took, tore it back apart. <laughs> it was nuts, but it was fun too. <clears throat> yeah. How did, uh, how did that guy find you or is that somebody you knew or? No, that, yeah, that was a, a nephew of mine that, uh, oh, okay. he, mm. he had just graduated from Harvard architecture and he was like, mm. It, it, that was the nerve wracking part was I, I knew I had to uh, really up my game, <laughs> yeah. but it was pretty cool because literally on his way from Boston to LA to get married, he stopped by my shop for a couple of days and we designed it and, uh, and did, did as much work as we could. Um, but I'm, there was, there was glass panels in it that had a, uh, Spanish uh, tile design uh, stenciled onto them. So I dialed up a glass shop in LA and got the pieces cut. And then I stenciled uh, one by one glass panels in a hotel room for two nights. And, <laughs> and, uh, it was, it was insane, but it was super fun. Yeah. It sounds like a, like a pretty wild project. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that one in a few years, but it was pretty fun. It's kind of funny the scenarios we put ourselves in as makers that 
have you in that hotel room, like gluing something up. <laughs> like I went to this, uh, it was like a Viking festival a couple months ago. And, um, I had made like a bunch of these, like just little, um, like prop axes for people to just like buy and, you know, walk around the, this fair with. And, um, but I also made this like shield that had this like octopus design cut out while well, I was running out of time. Like I was literally like spray painting this thing as we were loading up to go. And I'm like, man, I don't have time to glue this thing. Like, I'm like, I got to get this, like, just ready, put it in the trunk. Like, hope it doesn't shake around too much or like get scratched up and like, you know, kind of packed things that I thought I might need, like touch up stuff. And uh, I'm out there at the hotel before, you know, the night before, because it was up in like St. Louis. So it's a good, you know, almost three hours from me. And we could have either left super early in the morning or go the night before. And we're like, ah, we're just going to go to the night before. It was me and my brother. And uh, so we get up there and I'm in this hotel room trying to glue this thing together. And I'm like, man, what am I going to use to hold this? Because I didn't really have clamps. And I, in my head, I was like, I don't know. I'll figure something out. Well, I ended up putting uh, <laughs> like a, I had a, I brought an extra like this shield because I was it was a shield. But I, I had a second one that I put on top of that. And then I just put the rolly chair from the hotel on top of it. And I just sat on it for like <laughs> two hours or whatever. <laughs> like this will have to work. <laughs> and yeah. it turned out, but in my head, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, who puts themselves in this situation? Like that's us. Like it's people like we us do. doing this crazy yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. You remember my uh, black 28 roadster, the one that I had built in the Navy. Some yeah. of the guys that helped from the ship and whatever, but so yeah. at, like, just before I was getting out, there was a show in, gosh, I can't remember where it was. Uh, it's at like the Don Garlitz Museum in, in Florida, which wherever that is. Um, <laughs> but we were going to drive down there and, you know, like the car doesn't have a top on it and it was calling for rain. And my friend had a roadster too. And he's like, I'm going to build a top. I was like, <laughs> all right, I guess maybe I'll build a top too. And, and I went over his house the day before and I had ordered like, like the bows for the top that like, were kind of like, right. But you know, I had to still bring, pull all the fabric around and, and then I got like the little snap kit and, and whatever. And I'm putting all this stuff together Well, I get there to his house and he's got a bunch of two by fours and plywood and he's building just top out of plywood. He's like, no, this is temporary. And I'm like, well, I mean, mine's temporary too, but I kind of wanted it to look, look a little legit. He's like, no, I'm just going to drive this down there and then take it off. I was like, all right, whatever. Jed clamp it. Yeah. Yeah. We had uh, two very drastic, uh, drastically different uh, approaches to it. But, and then again, we were messing around with them in the parking lot at the hotel, uh, trying to get his off and then trying to get mine right. Cause my so his you know as as like ridiculous as it looked because it was just just a big sheet of plywood strapped to his car basically you know that kind of looked like a top for a, for an old car but uh the, i guess the lines were kind of right but you know i went and made mine out of fabric while the front where it meets the windshield had no support on it so all the air was getting under there so i had to stop and get um like some of that angle iron that you use for uh like construction with holes in it where you can just screw it to whatever kind of like for a yeah. corner joint or whatever and we kind of rigged that up and got that working and it it kept the uh, rainwater that was coming in under the top uh, out of my face for the ride home, at least. 
funny. Oh, at least it actually rained. Because oh, yeah. like, all at work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't even yeah, rain. I guess I guess at least it actually rained. But uh <laughs> I my top still looked pretty good at least. I I was pretty happy with it for for something I threw together like that. He got a lot of attention for his though, so whatever. His looks like the uh the story car anyways. Planes, it looks like the, automobiles. <laughs> that or like like the Flintstone mobile with the oh, nice. real, you know, sharp sharp yeah. angle and and uh you know, he he didn't need to put his feet on the ground, but that was that was kind of where he was going with that, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, but that's man. the reality of, of being a maker, though, right? Is um, who else enjoys stuff like that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, have you ever had people look at you and go, why? Why are oh, you yeah. doing oh, yeah. this? Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just. Sometimes I do ask myself, why do I do this to myself? Like, right. like you remember the Ace Hardware commercials with the guy that's trying to do the, the whatever in his yard and he's got lines down his face from his fingers dragging the dirt. Like sometimes you do feel like that, but. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I, had, I had some of those moments <laughs> this week and last trying to figure out that, that rotary CNC. And I'm like, uh, yeah. I actually came in and sat down at the computer and my wife is over here at her computer. And I'm like, man, why? Why do I do this to myself? <laughs> I yeah. said it out loud to her. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> like normal people don't do this, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. That should be a shirt. Why do I do this to myself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, so another thing that you had said on your podcast, and it's it's kind of one of those things that um is is the blame Berkey moment, is you know, how people just like take pictures of things uh that you know look you know, look uh like you're looking from Berkey's perspective, you know? <laughs> um, right. So you said that you take like a ton of pictures of things. And so you'll just have like your phone just full of all kinds of random stuff. Like anybody looked at it, they'd be like, what is this? And um, like, I, I feel like I, I think we all probably do that, like draw inspiration from these random things and, and things that we look back on when we're doing a project and it kind of clicks in your head, like ah, that thing, you know, and you go back and find it. But I think it's cool that we have the phones to store this stuff on. And it makes me wonder, like I had a thought when I was listening to that other podcast was what would have been on some of the other great creators phones if they had one, you know, back in the day, like some of these, like like Da Vinci or like all these people, like what kinds of things like they just try to draw inspiration from that, you know, it's, it's kind of cool that we're, we will have like a catalog of this, like, you know, maybe most of it's garbage, but (laughs) you know, somebody might, if any of us were like wildly famous one day and in a couple hundred years, they're looking back at our stuff, they'd be like, Oh, I could kind of see where he came upon this idea because there's a trail of mm-hmm. these thoughts, you know, and we don't see that looking back in, in history. That is a crazy cool thought that I've never even thought of, but yeah, think about <laughs> Da Vinci's You don't wonder what would be on Da Vinci's phone. <laughs> Oh my God. I love this idea, man. I, now I'm going to be obsessing about this. I won't be able to sleep tonight. But yeah, what would that guy, I mean, he was into helicopters and I mean, you know, yeah, insane stuff. And some of those guys, I mean, were they had multi-crafts, you know, like some of them did paint and do architecture and stuff like that. So I guess in a way that probably could have been their phone is their sketchbooks and their, their, uh, just right. the art that they created. Um, uh, 
So maybe maybe that's what it is. But it, it is it's different with your phone where you can just you know <laughs> be walking down the street and you're like, wow, look at that. Let me get a real quick picture of that, you know. And then one day that becomes inspiration for something right. like like it's not something that you spent time in your head kind of drawing up and then put right. that down on a piece of paper. You know, there's a different process there. Yeah. So. I think that we have a lot more things to draw inspiration from. Like we have the internet in our pocket. Like you can Google, uh, if you have a, just a thought in your head and you're like, I don't really know how to think about this. You can kind of like just put in keywords and Google it. And you're like, no, oh, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like a lot, you know, back then they didn't, they didn't have that many places to draw inspiration from besides the things that Berkey looks at, which are like dew drops and <laughs> little tiny <laughs> bugs. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. That's but why we blame you. <laughs> well, it's such a, it, I, I consider that a true honor to, if someone has that thought and if it, if it gives it license to people to just say, uh, yeah, give me a second here. I just need to take a picture of something. And I, you know, I get, I receive pictures from people, um, frequently where, yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a, I had a Berkey moment Man, that's cool. That, that's a, yeah, a yeah, cool, cool thing, especially when you're kind of uh, an elder statesman of, of the maker world, um, as not an elder statesman, but you know, you, you're not in the same age demographic as everybody else. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really cool that everybody includes me in, in their world. That's how I feel. Oh, about yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is cool how inclusive the community can be about stuff like that, because it's like, you know, most people don't understand the way our brains are thinking or like why we're doing what we're doing. But then you have this community of people that are like minded. And so I think that, um, you know, kind of spans across normal demographics or, or age and, and, and all that stuff, you know. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I like how it just it cuts out. You know, I don't care what gender you are or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. I don't care what race you are. It's if you're mm -hmm. making cool stuff, man, it's just like the great equalizer. Right. If yeah. I can connect yeah. with what you're doing, if I can like mentally see where you're going with it or where you came from with it, mm -hmm. we're in. I mean, you know, and to me, there's not a lot of, I mean, maybe there is, but it doesn't seem to me that there's a lot of communities that, that it's that like level playing field. Am I, do you guys feel mm -hmm. that way? Yeah, definitely. Cause a lot of communities, you know, like the car community almost feels like exclusive, you know, where, oh, right. where even within that community, you've got your, your model a guys, but then you've mm -hmm. got guys like me that will take a model a and cut it apart and stuff. And like, you know, those two worlds don't even cross and they're, we're building mm -hmm. the same cars technically, you know, and it's, mm -hmm. it's, but yeah, with this, it's, it's just, Oh, you're making stuff cool. Like whatever, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it is, it's very interesting. It's, yep. I, I don't spend know how that no happened time in woodworking. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I think because I think at, at its core level, I think it's about creativity more than the um, this is the way I do it. So it's this is obviously the right way. You know, it's, it's right. more of a celebration of, of the, 
community. I mean, for me, uh, Corey, you were, you were saying about the sewing thing. I, I got more feedback when I was making my quilt uh, from people than anything that I've ever posted online. People were, were just amped that, that I was working on it. And it, yep. it was super, it was super cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really cool when somebody pushes themselves completely out of their comfort zone to learn a new skill. And I mean, especially, you know, with your age, like a lot of people don't want to get into a new skill because they don't want to look stupid. You know, they don't want to look bad and have people tell them they're doing it wrong. But if you throw yourself into something completely different you haven't done and you're willing to say, guys, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. Like, I think there's a lot of people that just respect that of putting yourself in that position, saying that you're doing stuff wrong and just doing it. Sure felt that way. You know, it was, it was, I, there was zero negative feedback on that, that okay. whole thing. And um, that's because you didn't post it to Reddit. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I've only ever posted one thing to Reddit. And it blew up, and everybody uh, thought I was a spammer. <laughs> it was a shield from uh, Breath of the Wild, Zelda oh, nice. Zelda game. Yeah, and, uh, oh yeah, that's awesome. So I just applied what I use, um, like historic photos and stuff in churches. Mm-hmm. I just applied it directly to uh, making a video game shield. Nice. <laughs> and I got accused cool. of. Uh, Stealing somebody else's work and trying to spam <laughs> what it was. It was like, bruh, I've got pictures half, you know, in process. What do you want from me? I just want to see you post, um, you know, one of your best works from like the churches in Reddit. And just, see, I just want to see if anybody can be even negative on that. Like, <laughs> cause you know, they're that negative about all kinds of stuff cause they, cause they think they know everything or they've done it a better way, but not many people have done that enough to be like, yeah, yeah, but if you look closer, you know, <laughs> what are they going to say about it? <laughs> that one is a little off. It's like two degrees yeah. off. Yeah, no, it's funny because the church work gets very little traction um, kind of in, in the open uh, general population of the Internet, um, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why I super hesitated to – to, uh, you know, get involved in the maker world. Cause I figured most of people, cause all they see is religion. Right. And mm-hmm. to me that it kind of sucks because you're busting your mm-hmm. tail to, um, to make at least a level of art or craft yeah. or both. But all people can see is, Oh shit. Mm-hmm. You know, the Catholic church, you know, they, uh, yeah. they have been responsible for a lot of atrocities. Right. Yeah, dude. I know. I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not trying to denigrate or, you know, diminish that, but I, I'm just Yeah, I doing guess that, that would be the, the negative comments on that. Because, you know, it'd yeah. be like, oh, yeah, that's because the churches steal everybody's money and then they put it into something like this. You know, the, they don't, mm-hmm. they probably won't see the value of it. Yeah, it's huh. weird yeah. because, um, you know, I, I just work for them, dude. You know, it's, yeah. they're, they're, if if I'm working for a, a, a commercial job, you know, I'm not in a restaurant, you know, working on their their uh, <clears throat> dining room, you know, d- decorating their dining room. I'm 
I'm not responsible for their food, am I? I, I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, and you've probably got one of the most like unique backgrounds of like just religion because like you're raised Mennonite, right? And then Basically, you're yeah. working in all these Catholic churches, but then you have, you know, this uh, like Buddhism going on. Like you've got just like kind of a mesh of all these things. And it'd be funny for some person just to be like, think of you just as like this religious nut job or something for making this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's uh, it's a mess, but, you know, it's me. So <laughs> what yeah. are you going to do? Yeah, it's to be expected. <laughs> <laughs> it would it would be hilarious to, to put all that on Reddit and see where it went though. Because <laughs> I remember way back in the day, Paul Jackman told me about putting stuff on Reddit. He says, "Dude, it's like going into the jaws of hell." Oh yeah, <laughs> God <laughs> is. They're brutal. <laughs> like you could call. I, I mean, you know, like you said, like oh, they couldn't say anything about you know this or whatever. But I mean, if if Da Vinci or some great inventor had gone on Reddit and posted his things, he probably would have come out of there and said, so oh, screw it. This is, I'm not doing this. Like, or either I'm never going in there again or, or whatever. Like those people will, will strip you down to, to nothing and they'll wear you out. Yeah. yeah they'd be like, man, man can never fly. Get that thought out of your head. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. yeah. I think that's, I'm gonna uh, go wait that, yeah, I think that is what makes us, you know, that we, we do, we, we, a lot of times try to do the things, oh no, you can't do that, you know? And like, I think that pushes a lot of us to, to, to do those. And I mean, it just throughout history, I think that's what, what has pushed a lot of people to, mm-hmm. to, you know, get anything done really. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. The great innovators. The naysayers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the naysayers mm-hmm. uh, probably really do more for, for innovation and while they're trying to stifle it, you know, than they'd like to admit. Yeah, they light a fire under them. That yeah. spite is 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 a great motivator. <laughs> Absolutely. That'll, that'll, Absolutely, that'll keep you up at, in your shop till two in the morning, just being furious. Like, uh, oh, yeah, those, I'll show them. Yeah, I'll show those guys. Show the <laughs> show the oddly satisfying group on Reddit. <laughs> oh boy, it's true though. I mean, you know, sometimes you got to find the motivation, and if yeah. If that's what does it for you, then that's what does it. <laughs> Have a go. <laughs> well, I'm going to be honest with you guys. So normally we do like a recommendation. My week has just been insane and I have not hardly been on Instagram and I can't even think straight to come up with a recommendation. So if you guys have got them, uh, great. But uh, I don't know. I don't even know which way is up right now. <laughs> I've been dropping the ball on the yeah I'm, I'm like i'm landing the recommendation really like, at a time yeah i just i feel so out of the loop this week on on like that whole world like we're talking about like the whole maker world i just i don't know what other people have been working on or nothing which which normally i try to try to you know stay up on obviously i've been seeing uh brian house make a bunch of stuff and here he is hanging off his drill press he's he's killing himself trying mm-hmm. to drill and tap holes glad he's doing that and not me because i'm sure i'd be snapping all those taps right now and probably oh yeah throwing stuff in my shop and... yeah that's no fun that's one of the worst things you can do is break a tap it's just <laughs> yeah yeah as soon as it snaps you're like you're, gosh why your whole day just changed in, in a millisecond <laughs> yeah. your day changed 
Yeah. 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 If you ever, if you ever walk out in like your spouse's shop or something, they're holding a, you know, two halves of a broken tap in their hand. You probably better just go back inside. <laughs> right. Walk out. Walk On that out. note, I, I will recommend somebody who's already, you know, well known in the maker community, but Sean Beckner, I always see him posting little helpful uh, videos um, about the shop or where he works. And a lot of it is, you know, kind of similar to what I had to do in the Navy about drilling and tapping out things or like putting the next helical set in there so you mm-hmm. can get the, the machine to work again. And uh, so he's, he's, you know, one of those guys that's always willing to help people and has a bunch of little tips and tricks. So that'll be my last minute recommendation. I'd love to see more of that where people that have extraordinary skill sets, they do so Mm -hmm. many things that to them are just um, in the course of their problem solving process. But Mm. to the rest of us, it's, it's where the black magic is, right? I'd right. love to see, I mean, I'm all about people um, experimenting with mm-hmm. epoxy and stuff. I get it. It's cool and, yeah. and it's great, but I'd really love to see, like you're saying, um, those, those type of guys just dropping knowledge bombs. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Probably doesn't do squat for the algorithm, but. Oh yeah. Well, that's are, the problem. Price, priceless. I think we talk about this quite a bit just about, you know, social media and the, the, the way social media pushes you just to like uh, quality or quantity over quality. You know what I mean? They just, they reward mm-hmm. you to post every day. And so it makes it through, you're wading through, you know, almost bullshit. You know, you're wading through people's not best posts, but they're just posting it because they have to do it because they, are in this loop of, I have to do what the algorithm wants. And it's disappointing for a a bunch of reasons. But one of the main things is that reason, like the good content is hard to find because, you know, it, it, you're not being rewarded for good content. It's like, I, I said to somebody today about if, if Instagram was a, an art room and, um, you know, you were rewarded by putting your best project on the wall everybody would spend a ton of time to get their best project and put it up on the wall so they could all compare them. But if you were rewarded by how many uh, pictures or art or whatever you turned in, it w- the wall would be covered and it would be hard to find the real good stuff in there. And I think that's the problem with how they push the quality, the quantity over quality. But mm-hmm. I don't think we're ever going to get away from that. No, it's an imperfect uh, it's an imperfect playground, um, mm-hmm. but we've chosen to play here, um, yeah. and we found each other, right? So, right, I, yeah, I, so I go some, back and forth on it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, simple fact yeah. of the matter: we're having this discussion because of Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is yeah, um, there's you definitely know, I've good jobs off in <clears throat> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I had a, a weird um, last year, uh, a church needed some furniture built up in Chicago and they walked into a hardwood retailer and talked to the girl at the, at the desk who called her representative at, at um, 
their their supplier and the the rep that she talked to uh, followed me on Instagram for whatever hmm. reason. And <laughs> so that job snaked through that path and got to me and, and we ended up working together, which was, <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, to me, it's, it's kind of like a table saw in my world. Yeah. It can maim you. It can absolutely kill you. So learn to use it right and, and use it to do what you do, not what anybody else does with it. Right. Do it, do it your, your way, your process and pay attention and don't, don't get distracted while you're using it. Right. Oh, um, right. Yeah. I don't know. I, and I'm preaching to the choir. I know, but <laughs> I'm also preaching to myself, you know, it's a tool. Oh yeah. Use it, use it as a tool. Right. All right. Well, I guess maybe I did find somebody. So <laughs> you, you kind of inspired oh. me with your, you know, talking about uh, just people who will give tips and stuff. And, and, and before I make the recommendation, like, like Jimmy Duresta's tip videos were my favorite videos of all times. Like, and, and I mean, some of them he made, I don't know, years ago, six, seven years ago, I guess. And you can still go back and like, you're never going to, re- I don't know how he remembers all that stuff, but like <laughs> just watching them, you're never going to remember all that stuff. So, mm. um, you know, I, I do, I, I do love that. There, there is nothing like a good, good tip video or, or whatever, just, just to make you think, you know, and you try to put mm. that thing in the back of your mind. But, uh, so this guy here, uh, and he's pretty well known too. um, shipwright skills on Instagram, just, mm and not just shipbuilding related stuff, but, you know, uh, a layout and just, you know, how, mm-hmm. how to lay out with like a, a pen and, and, uh, um, a compass or something, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, I don't know, all, just all sorts of different things that can really translate into, into a lot of stuff that we all do. So he's a really good follow, a lot of really cool stuff. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a lot of good. I'm not following him, but I I will because mm-hmm. it does look like a, a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. He's nice. got a lot of cool old um, uh, drawings too, like uh, prints mm-hmm. that he's he's made of stuff that are oh, nice. different types of chisels, and uh, um, I think he had some blacksmithing related ones too, maybe. But uh, yeah, that stuff's all neat. I like those old like posters that kind of look like. Uh, like the old like amusement parks where it's all, you know, the cool colors and whatever. And it like shows different areas, but you know, this is showing like different tools and stuff and yeah, cool. uh, maybe different ways that can be Very used cool. and whatever. So, yeah. I like, yeah I like those old, uh, like machinery blueprint drawings where, you know, mm. it was all black and white. So they just have to have like different ways of shading. And, <laughs> and mm-hmm. those just are really cool, like old lathes and mills and stuff like that. Like those are cool looking. Yeah. Those are fascinating. I think I would have to shout out Jenny Bauer, if you know if you know JB Engraving. Mm-hmm. I think it is. Um, yeah, it's just a super cool human, um, and I dig the way she and her husband live. They're very they're like a um, you know like in Hollywood they call them what do they call them like super couples or whatever. Oh, like <laughs> but a, they're like a power, couple. power couple, right? So they, yeah, they're yeah. like a you know. He does incredible hand. He he makes clocks out of mm. like. Let me grab this sheet of brass and make a accurate cog. 
you know, it's like, nice. what in the world are you two doing? And, and <laughs> just su super normal, you know? And, uh, I dig, I dig the fact that, um, it's a whole, I mean, to me, this thing is, it's not just about being in the shop, whatever shop it is that you're in, but it's, to me, I dig the holistic stuff, you know, of people that are living a creative life mm -hmm. um, completely. That that to me is what, what really is. That's like the pure stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like they find a, a really good way to balance their life in all aspects. That's it's really cool to see, yeah. <clears throat> all right. Andy, we can find you on uh, Instagram at... Uh... With Andy underscore Berkey, yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Just look for Seymour. Right there. <laughs> oh yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Like, how'd you come up with the Seymour name? Is it Seymour, like as in C more, like as yeah, in observing actually, more? Is it? Is it yeah, yeah. He's uh, his full name is Seymour Make Better, and um, mm. it was actually I didn't come up with it. A guy named. Uh, Paul Mayette uh, came. He's one of the OG, oh, yeah. old school maker guys. Um, I believe he's the one that that came up with it. I made a video on on YouTube where I visited the Baha'i Temple in um, Chicago, up by Northwestern University, up on the north side of Chicago, and I was completely tripping on that they had designed this temple. Um, where they had put marble in the concrete so that when the sun rose over the lake, um, right first thing in the morning, it would be pink, like full on this whole building went pink. And then as, as the cool. sun traversed over the sky, the building changed color. And it was because it was hitting this marble in the concrete. <clears throat> from a different angle super tricky so my nephew was living close to it so on one weekend i would just get up in the mornings before everybody got up of course and, and bail and um i was just observing this from a creative uh point of view not from i don't know nothing about the baha'i world but they they crushed this thing it was super cool mm -hmm. And I, the last thing I put over the screen was, if you if you see more, you make better. And then Paul took that and made it into a name for this guy here that I painted years and years ago. Um, see more, make better, and it just kind of took on a life of its own. Nice, <laughs> creatives. You know, you got to watch them because it, it's cool. <laughs> but on the other hand, it's like playing with fire. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how that has become like such a, you know, I think anyone in the maker community would probably recognize that and whatever, like just some little thing like that really turned into something. Yeah. Don't, don't worry, Chris. I'm, uh, I'm working on a, a leprechaun one for you. So oh, all right. that'll be everywhere soon. <laughs> uh, on that note. <laughs> well, um, you know, if you guys are looking to, help us out with the podcast or whatever. If you could share this episode, we'd really appreciate that. That, that mm -hmm. definitely helps us out a lot. And uh, I guess that's about it. We will see everyone next week.
Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Right. Oh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks, thanks for coming. Yeah. That was great. Really appreciate yeah, it, it. Yeah, we'll have to have you come back on because I could come up with a whole another page oh, of questions yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Next week. Let's go. <laughs> All right. All right. See you, everybody. All right. See you. Cheers. Mm-hmm.